and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katya, I'm your host for today, and my beautiful guests today are... Ken from the Philippines. Maria. And Varya. So, we have today a very interesting but very personal topic, actually, which is big decisions, changes, and so on. But I think that before we move to the topic itself, we gotta spill the beans. <laughs> Ken, wink, wink. Do you want to spill the beans and share the news? Well, okay. Um, firstly, I, I want to say that um, I've been working here at Big Apple School for four years, and it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, ups and downs, but at the end of the day, it's all part of experience. And I'm still thankful that I've had this experience here. And, you know, not just the school itself, but to be able to live in Russia, Mother Russia, which is one of my favorite countries, um, really, uh, for real. And uh, yeah, um, th today is my last day and my last podcast episode with you guys so Aww. well it's unfortunate but um as they say you know life goes on to new beginnings so where will you be heading um to uh, kenya in africa <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be joking you're going to become a marathon runner <laughs> yeah. well th that was my dream when when i was a kid so why not <laughs> I'm going to Africa. Yeah, but for real though. I mean, if no, you want kidding. to keep it a secret. No, no, no. no. Uh, well, um, you know, I've been a fan of Slavic countries. Um, so I've been here for four years. And well, my next goal is to go to Minsk in Belarus. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm going for the Eastern Slavic countries. Oh. <laughs> so what, what's, ne what's next that can be on the list? So we have <laughs> Poland, you know... Slovakia, Slovenia, Ukraine, yeah. uh, the former U Yugoslav republics, exactly. But you know, if you learn a Slavic language in like kind of an Eastern, Southern Slavic countries, it's like you learn one, you get five for free. So, right. you know, <laughs> you know, some Slavic, you know, all the Slavics, basically. But I really promised myself to learn Russian this time because anyway, people in Belarus, they also speak Russian. And this time around, you know, I feel like a loser because I was in Kazakhstan for five years, Russia four years, and my Russian is still comparable to that of a four-year-old boy. Have you ever heard four-year-olds speak? Well. I mean, trust me, they know <laughs> so many words. They probably speak better than me <laughs> so, yeah but yeah seriously i i really want to learn russian in, in the same way that some of the foreign teachers here here like ben he, he really studied russian and i feel like it's about time like come on ken what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so guys i think that for this episode you just you just have to send you know hundreds of comments to ken saying thank you for everything that he has done for us and for but the school thank you also to all the listeners and our students for you know being loyal and supporting our school in whatever projects that you know we've had yeah so i think you know this news is kind of good for for the topic that we have which is you know big changes right and i want to ask what kind of events maybe or in general what is usually considered a major change in life so what kind of events would fall into this category if we follow the lifeline yeah like mm, starting school finishing school starting university uh, graduating from university well that's 
the first <laughs> maybe half of your life <laughs> and then maybe starting a family but it's not for like everybody well, get a job first yeah get your first, <laughs> get job. first job that's yeah. really before maybe. you think mm-hmm. of you know getting married you, you know, gotta have some money first it can be even more life changing <sighs> than uh, starting a family really <sighs> then what else could be well after getting married you know years later or even a few months later uh, preparing yourself to be a parent raising kids well it could be before or, or after even, yeah, or like also, at the same yeah, time right, it depends true, yeah on true. person yeah maybe having children like one two three four I don't know <laughs> For some people, it's getting a divorce. Oh, of course. Major event. Mm -hmm. And for many people, actually, it's also moving to another country. Or even to another city in the same country. It's also kind of changing, yeah. Or maybe uh, changing a sphere of your mm, job, yeah? Because, like, maybe when you are... mm, At some point of your life, you start to think, like, maybe I'm not a doctor maybe i'm a builder actually what if i want to ask uh the panel here have you ever thought of doing another job or have you done uh, a different job other than teaching of course um have you done that i did Mm -hmm. uh, like what uh well uh, when i was a student i worked in a bookshop well it's not it was of course a part-time job but still i loved it bookshops you know <laughs> yeah were there any cats in your bookshop no unfortunately the if there were cats probably <laughs> if there had been cats probably i wouldn't have changed <laughs> this job <laughs> we couldn't see masha here i would here. still i would still uh, live in uh novokuznetsk with <laughs> those cats i don't know so you were working in a bookshop yeah as a you... as a yeah as a well not shop assistant probably i don't know like consultant we were called consultants mm. because we needed to really uh, understand what people's needs were and to help them choose because people never know what they want to choose that's true well Vada, you have had a major change in, yeah, in career well, i started um working when i was 13 babysitting and so we lived in a certain neighborhood where all of us friends would rotate from house to house and back then, babysitting, we got paid 50 cents an hour. And we were also... Was it good money for back then? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess for 50 cents an hour, I could buy um, some fabric and make my own clothes. So oh. I had school wow. clothes. Yeah, so that was very good. Um, but we were also required or expected to wash the dishes and clean up the house as well. I oh, don't know, what? I don't know why. I have no idea why we were expected to do that, but we... As a part of a babysitting yes, job. Yes, 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 yes. I guess because we had nothing else to do, but, you know, clean up. Or just somebody wanted to save money on, you know, having a housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just get a babysitter. <sighs> so wait, that was your first job. And then... Oh, oh, well, I was a cocktail waitress. Oh. Yeah, for a few years. You never cease to amaze me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, for, I've forgotten. I mean, so many things I've done. I don't even ever think about my cocktail waitress days. But yes, I had a nice little uh, tray and... Um, That's mm-hmm. lovely. <laughs> and then most of your career, you were... A dan- you were a dancer. Yeah, yeah, I danced. And you were in general in uh-huh. this industry, yes, you know. Yes, yes. And, oh, I remember when I first got my 
first ballet teaching job, that was an exciting time. As you're saying, the, the, your very first job uh, that I really thought really meant something. Aww. Wait, how did you end up being an English teacher? Um, I um, graduated from college and I was changing my career. And I fell through the ads and saw um, online teaching with kids in China. That's how I started. Yeah. Wow. Wait, you were in China? You no, lived in China? online. So I oh, lived online. in okay. the States and I had jobs with Chinese companies. Yeah. Online teaching kids. You're my hero. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot even imagine doing that with kids. Yeah. Ken, what about you? Um, I've, I've always thought all my life, like I, I haven't done any kind of, you know, I mean, other jobs. And that's why I also asked myself if I could do a different job. But that's the thing, because I, I just can't imagine myself doing you something else. You can't? Yeah, I can't. Really? Like, it sounds I don't like know. you found your calling. Well, One of very few lucky people, actually. <laughs> but I, I, I would like to be able to do other things too. But then again, I asked myself the same question, but... I can't seem to answer that question, at least not for now, but who knows in the future. Mm -hmm. I sometimes, you know, also wonder, like, if I were not a teacher, what would my job be? You know, in most cases, I say a baker or, you know, some sort of a pastry chef, because I used to work at a bakery. I used to make cupcakes, you know, as, as a side hustle, basically, while I was already working in a school. So that was fun. Wow. But actually, it's fun that all my, you know, university days, college life, I kept saying, teaching? No, I will never be a teacher. Hell no. I will be a translator. Yeah, same here. Mm -hmm. I got my second degree in translation. I had, you know, a job in a translation agency. It was fun when I translated a meeting uh, in a company that produces detonators and everything. That was fun. That was very fun. Can't say more because of an NDA assigned, but still. But then when I started working in a translation agency, after one year in a school, I was, you know, like typing something. And then I thought, oh, I oh, there's no one to talk to. Okay, okay. So back to my computer. I always had this need to talk to people, to, you know, to chat, to discuss something. And so after... Two months, I was actually fired. They said, you know what? We don't think you'll fit in so well. Like you have a different type of personality. Like you won't be able to do that for long. You'll get, you'll get bored. You'll get tired. So we'll just save you, you know, what is it? Like save you the effort. So just... just well, they were wise. They were helpful. Really? Actually, yeah. At first, of course, I thought, how, what? No, I would know better. No, they knew better. Hmm. So I started working with adults and that's how I found this. And now I've been enjoying it for the last, what, eight years. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So, and uh, what would you say was a decision maybe or an event that kind of changed the whole course of your life or maybe several events? Oh my God, this is going to sound dramatic. No, because <laughs> um, Go for it. I, I'm a product of a broken family. In fact, um, my parents were never married. Um, I don't know if it's nice to say that I was born out of wedlock. But anyway, um, but that's the, the, that's the thing. Um, in fact, my grandmother was even against that, you know, um, the relationship between my mom and dad. And um, 
um, why am I saying this? Because uh, as a child, I um, I was kind of jealous with the other kids whose parents, you know, would, you know, go to them to school and supported them. And well, it's not like I was alone. I was raised by my grandmother, although um, at the time I felt like there was something missing. There, there was no father figure. So it was just my grandmother. She was a, a very strict disciplinarian. Um, my God. <laughs> but, we have but had I many her. a story about this wonderful woman. <laughs> but um, despite that, um, yeah, I, I really worked hard at school because, um, you know, whatever attention I couldn't get at home, I tried to make up for it at school. And so um, modesty aside, I, I did very well. Um, I really studied hard because I wanted attention, I guess. And um, there were even times when I, you know, saw some of my classmates who weren't doing very well at school. I'm not saying they're dumb. Okay, maybe they're just lazy, whatever, or maybe not as motivated as I was then. And um, I just thought to myself, like, what am I doing this for? Um, sure, my grandmother would encourage me. She, you know, she helped me throughout my uh, education. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I got involved in a lot of uh, uh, activities at school. And so I, I told myself someday, if uh, I'm going to be a parent, I'm going to make sure that my son or, you know, my daughter or whoever will not feel the same kind of feeling that I mm-hmm. had growing up. I even had hatred towards my mom, but, you know, things have been uh, settled now. I'm good with her. I'm and I have a very open mind um, and a very forgiving heart. Oh. This is my, my evil mind sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I told myself, okay, so um, despite that, I, I didn't allow my, the circumstances to overcome me uh, as a child. And I still wanted to have a good, happy life, which I'm glad I was able to do so, mostly at school. And then after school, I told myself, I'm going to live a happy life. I'm going to travel the world, see, you know, and explore the world, the world, experience different kind of cultures. And that's, you know, what got me into working in different countries. And I'm going to my third country now. (laughs) So so that's basically my motivation. I I just want to live life, enjoy it and whatever, or uh, I mean, experiences that I didn't have in my childhood, I'd like to make up uh, on that in my adult life. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm going to, Go ahead a little bit, just, you know, for one question, because that was supposed to be my question for Varya and uh, okay. Ken, but that's <laughs> okay. So, but how did you find the courage, you know, to actually move to another country? Because very often people, you know, contemplate that. They think about it like, oh, that would be great. That would be great. But you actually did that. And a country which I believe is totally different from the Philippines. True. Well, to be honest, in the Philippines, we, you know, even as a child, We've already, um, they kind of implant this uh, in our minds that you have to be somewhere outside the Philippines to work because uh, it is our belief that we're going to earn more money. And because we are family oriented, we ought to work abroad so that we can support the rest of the family. That's the how rest we're, of the family. Exactly. That's how we're raised. And it's funny because um, it becomes an obligation for children to actually help the parents. Right now, of course, I have a different mindset. I don't believe in that. But having grown up in the Philippines, that's how we were raised. And that's what I thought. And initially, that was my motivation to go abroad. Mm -hmm. But now, of course, things have changed. And yeah, I I don't actually believe in that. And 
Yeah. How did yeah, you that's, choose? That's called remittance, and it adds to the economy of the country that you're yeah. sending the money to. So True. it's very important for the economy there. Can you well. say? Can you say it again? What Re- is it called? Remittance. Remittance. Yeah. Oh, that's a new word. So it's like you know, um, you earn some money, you send it back to your home country. Oh, so you kind of support the and economy. And it helps of the, the economy. Yes. It's and, true. And, and some countries really rely. True, and that's why we are called in the Philippines modern heroes. Oh. You won't believe that, but that's how they call uh, overseas Filipino workers, OFW oh, right, for sh- right, right. short. That kind of explains why there are so many workers from the Philippines all over the world. Yeah. Like, and they believe to be very oh, yeah. hard working. Canada, anywhere, anywhere. But um, let me just go back a little bit to your question, um, which is, uh, 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 what were my thoughts about, well... How, did, how you found the courage. Right, right. So... Um, the courage was already there. <laughs> I, I didn't have to find it. It found me. And um, I, I had some, you know, um, idealistic views because, you know, I heard stories that, oh, if you work abroad, your life is going to change. You're going to be rich. You'll be able to support your family. And I, I believed in that. But if I got to be honest with you, with my first year in Kazakhstan, it was a real struggle. I wasn't prepared for that. Firstly, you know, a a change in the environment, the language. Oh my God, I didn't know any Kazakh or Russian when I went there. It was just, oh my God, nobody understands me. What what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to adjust to the, oh my God, the climate, my first winter experience, although the first few months were great, but, and then I fell into depression, you know, because of, you know, winter the blues. Culture, the culture right. shock, the winter, culture shock, everything. The food, yeah. everything. Oof. It, it took me That's about hard. a year to finally adjust. It wasn't everything that I thought of um, because I had such great ideals, but yeah. I think it's kind of a good illustration like to all those people who idealize moving to another country. Yeah, yeah. They always say, oh, once you do that, well, you know, like how people believe that the grass is always greener, True. basically, over there. So yeah, because I experienced the culture shock when I moved to the US and people were like, how can you be depressed or sad or anxious? You're in America. Yeah. You're like, well, let me tell you something. It's just totally different from Russia. So I'm adjusting. But yeah. Body, what about you? Yeah, I want to speak to that idealism because um, when I was working on my thesis um, in grad school, um, it was a, a Russian um, a theme. And I had my my Russian uh, my Russian slash Soviet uh, professor had told another professor that I was idealistic, <laughs> and so my desire to move to Russia was I was just stuck in idealism, and um, and I always was kind of like resentful of him saying that behind my back, and I knew it was him who said it because who else would have <laughs> said that? He said it, um, but it's true. You do get stuck in that idealism. Yeah, definitely. Um, So with my courage, um, the same way, um, when you know that you have to do something, you know that this is a decision that you've made, and I have complete trust in my decision-making abilities, um, even though people said, oh, no, why are you doing this? Don't don't go, don't go. Um, I knew I had to. Finally, this was the time I was, you know, this was the time. This was the moment. It was now or never. That was really... It. And so it, I did not need courage. I just needed to do what I needed to do. However, after I came, that's when I really needed courage to stay. 
and Aww. to deal with all this. It was, it was, it is very difficult. It's not, I don't, I'm, I don't live the life I thought I wanted, that I wanted to live. Uh, I don't have the choices to do such things. Uh, so yeah, the courage to stick it through. That's and then you came here in 2019, right? Right. right. So right before the pandemic. Yeah, it was like something like seven or eight months hit. before that. Yeah, yeah. So I can imagine, you know, the this struggle and how difficult it must have been mentally to stay through the pandemic in another country. As, oh, I don't know about well. that because I, I do well in isolation anyway. So I, I that was not the problem. The pandemic was not the problem. Oh, okay. That was that was actually a you know, a vacation um, <laughs> for me. Um, but just dealing with, you know, life here, mm-hmm. that that has been uh, a need for courage. How has that changed your life? Um, um, oh, just a stepping stone, you know, another stepping stone uh, uh, closer to what I really want to do. Probably that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so grateful for the opportunity and the fact that I'm here every morning, every morning I wake up and say, I'm so glad I'm here and not there every morning. Yeah. So there's, as I say, I I stand by my decision. That's Um, great. Yeah, definitely. This is the first country you've moved to. Uh, I guess so, because I have lived in other countries for uh, eight months, Six oh, months. Still, oh, yeah. Still counts. But I guess when you live, I think maybe a year is probably something. At least a year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the first time I've lived a year in a foreign country or more. Three, what, three what, more. What other countries have you stayed at? Yeah, I, I, I stayed. I lived. I worked in Iran for three months. Um, August, September, Say October. Say what? <laughs> yeah, in Iran before the revolution. So that was in 1978. So that was August, September, October, November, December. And I finally left. And she still remembers. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. Because the Shah was exiled in February and I left before the Shah was exiled. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So Iran. Yeah, Iran. And then um, Japan two times. Um, Okinawa. How come that has never come up in our conversation? <laughs> oh, I, right. I just missed it. You've just missed it. I, I say the same stories over and over. Yes. <laughs> so in, in on Okinawa, maybe um, March, April, May, June, Okinawa. July. Eight months. So this is yeah, this Okinawa. famous island that is oh, famous for the centenarians oh, and my long goodness. life yeah. expectancy. Oh, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about World War II bombardment. <laughs> yeah, uh, the associations, of, of the, right? Right, 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 <laughs> oh. of the war. Yeah, yeah. Because now the Okinawa is so famous because this is one of the places with the longest uh, life expectancy in the world. Right. Huh, and the, the, the highest number of centenarians actually in oh, the world. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Iran, Japan, Russia. Yeah. I I admire you. Oh, well, thank you. This what is a long, so great. long experience. Yeah, it was just things I wanted to do. And people always said, don't do it. And I go, oh, I'm going. And you always go for it. I always do. I always <laughs> do. Like... So this is this is my aspiration not to be afraid of decision you know decision making and actually pursuing what I want to do. Oh, amazing. Well, you well you're still young and you still have the energy for it. But I'm not so young and you still have to keep going. Wow. Yeah, you have to keep going. Definitely. Don't let your age, yeah, you know, stop you from not. doing things. Yeah, so if you can't do it now in your 30s, then you can maybe do it in your 50s or your 60s. Yeah. You know, I usually I usually have an uh, an example um of 
you know, when some students, let's say, call you something and they're like, so I want to have classes, but I'm old. Usually that means they're not. So they're like in their 50s. Usually it's like oh, they are 21. <laughs> well, right. But I had some people who say like, oh, I'm so old. They're in their 50s. I'm like, please. And I always tell them when they're afraid of like starting something new or something of one student I had when I was still a student. So I was tutoring and I had a call from this woman and she said, you know, like I want to... Um, Like I want to have some classes, but very intensive because in a month or like in several weeks, I'm going to see my son in America and I plan to stay there. So, and she had four classes per week, you know, like three, four classes per week. And only at the last lesson, I kind of like, you know, thought to ask, where exactly are you going? She's like, Las Vegas. <laughs> she was 72. Uh-huh. Never stopped her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So age, social construct, don't let it fool you or stop you. So, yeah. Wait, Marsha, you are also a person who has moved. So you've moved from a different region yeah. to Novosibirsk. So how did you... It was not maybe so far to experience uh, the culture shock thing, but still I guess I experienced some kind of shock. And also, uh, as Ken said, for example, I got quite depressed after moving uh, because, well, when I moved, my son was uh, very, very small. I didn't work full time. And it's like I stayed at home. It was mm, it was sad, kind of upsetting. So, wait, so you moved when you already had a kid. So yeah. you, it was yeah. He was after very graduation young. and everything. yeah. Of course, uh, after graduation, I oh, I had oh. worked for uh, three years before I moved to Novosibirsk. Yeah. How did you find the courage to do so? Because usually, you know, people with kids they are well quite reluctant to move. You know, with a baby. Mm, I couldn't say so. I maybe I just. Mm, didn't think about um, like the consequences or something. I just, well, it's not very far, like 400 kilometers. And I, when you think that you can go back, you can come back anytime, it kind of supports you. It's like you, I don't burn all the bridges. Uh, Fair enough. Fair I, I enough. just, uh, when it's hard for me to make decisions, and usually it is, I just think that I can always come back. I have a place or I have some people, well, I mean, I can come back. You know, it's like my life motto, which is a quote by Terry Pratchett in one of his one of his books. He said, going back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Like try, fail and go back is not the same as, you know, never trying at all. And also it's a comforting uh, thought. Uh, even if you don't come back, still the idea that you can supports you oh well in my case knowing that i will never go back never is, yeah yeah i have no intentions of going back to why not States. i just don't have it i don't see myself going back i just don't see it and i played with that idea i thought oh that's not reasonable and i and i really said to myself no i i think that you know anything can change of course anything can change but when i left i said you know there's no coming back and i said yeah I said to myself, you know, I talk wow. to myself, right? Yeah. I, said, I, I mean, said, who doesn't? Oh, yeah. Why, why not talk to, uh, yeah, to a smart person? person. Yeah. 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 The best person for you. And so I said, yeah, there's no coming back. For to what? what? Yeah. To what? To what? I've, ha I've had 60 whatever years there. No, there's, it's, it's something different now. Yeah. It's something different. Of course, things could change. So something might say, oh, I've got to go back, but I just don't see it. Uh-uh. I don't see it. I love your outlook on life, really. 
Or yeah. have you watched the U.S. news? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I have to just consume news and go, oh, I don't want to go back to that. Oh, that. Oh, no, no. I don't want to go back to that either. <laughs> oh, I feel, yeah. You know how um, before the pandemic and every, well, when the pandemic hit, I still had my contract and everything with Wellesley. And I thought, well, it's going to be over very quickly. Of course, it was not. And I thought, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. I still have my contract. But the more I watch the news, the more I understand that do I actually really want to go back? Or do I think I have to go back? Right. Those two are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. now I understand that the only thing I want to is go back to spend a year and earn some money and actually deal with all the stuff I've left there. Mm-hmm. And then after I'm done dealing with that, you know, just to leave for good. You see, it's about, um, you know, determining whether the chapter has already closed or not. Oh, yeah, right, I feel like I, had, right. I didn't have some closure, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Because w- when I left Kazakhstan, I knew that was it. The doors closed, exactly. the chapters w- ended. You know, j- just to share with you very quickly, I was at the airport. I wanted to cry, but then I didn't want other people to look at me like, what is this grown-ass <laughs> man doing? He's crying. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, come on, hold back your tears. You can do it. You can do it. But really, I I wanted to, you know, cry like a baby because I thought it was not because, you know, um, I was very sad. It it was just like, okay, another door has closed. I know I got to move on. And anyway, I'm going to take those beautiful memories with me. But if you ask me now, do I want to go back there? No, maybe as a tourist, but you know, whatever experience I've had over there, it will stay there, and and I'm I'm gonna leave it like that. So mm-hmm. life goes on. You, yeah, some doors are very easy to close. You know, when I was leaving Yakutsk, my my hometown, I was just looking at that like, am I gonna miss this place? No, I'm saying goodbye forever, like for good. And I still have friends who go there. You know, like every year, every couple of years, they still have some relatives there, and they ask me, don't you want to go back to see? It? I'm like, no. <laughs> And, the and then more they I, think you're crazy or that you're not compassionate right? or something's right. wrong with you. They're like, why not? I'm like, look, I have my mom over here. I have my sister over here. So why would I want to go there? Like, but don't you have extended family? I'm like, yeah, this is the kind of family you don't want to have anything in common with. You don't want, you ha- you want to have to do nothing with them. <laughs> no, no offense to my family, but well. <laughs> I can very well relate, so, but never mind. <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes we get the closure, sometimes we don't. Oh, wait, so Ken, you have said about the the decision that changed the whole course of your life. So, Vida, would you say that, what was your decision? Yeah, it, it was so, it's you've so got, easy to pick. It was, um, I had been um, dancing my career in um, LA, Los Angeles, California, and I got a little injured, a kind of a chronic injury. And I thought, you know what, I need to, I need to stop this. I need to do something else. But the unfortunate thing was that there was nowhere in the whole wide world that I wanted to go. No city, nowhere. I was in the city I wanted to be. So I knew I had to do something very extreme, very drastic. So that was when I made the decision to join the United States Marine Corps. That was it. Yeah. How? Wow. That was it. So that was the decision basically to get out dancing stop dancing just get out just get out heal my chronic injuries and just get out and so i did and that led to my having a baby so um that changed that was a completely different trajectory of my life there i can imagine and so if anyone wants to read my credo nonfiction, it's called um made in japan born in the usa and I talk about my daughter being made in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I had to make sure that I got stateside so that she would be born on soil 
American soil because had she been born in Japan, um, she would have been a Jap- Japanese citizen, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. So, how many how many years were you in in Marine Corps? Oh, only two, only two. Yeah, well, two. Well, it's not only. I'd say. Wait, what 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 did that involve? Because I. I don't think I can actually imagine what that involved. Yeah, like, that, you... that involved um, learning how to run and being physically fit. In order to get in, you had to pass exams just to get in and stay fit and be very attuned to regimented schedules, which I am. I, I like organization. Mm-hmm. And, but when I was in boot camp, which was 12 weeks long, Oh my goodness, um, I developed a stutter the first two weeks because I was so nervous. I, 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 I actually talked like that Wow! because I was so scared. Um, but then I got over that. But we learned all about um, military history or Marine Corps history, um, how we are supposed to wear our uniform, physical exercise, um, all the things we needed to learn. And Marine Corps, I assume that would involve, you know, something done on the water. So were you actually right, like... Right, right. Oh, so my, my MOS, my, my job was um, oh, 0411. I can't believe I remember that number. 0411. I was in 0411, which means that I was in, um, what did I do? I key punched in downed equipment. So I had to make sure that things were combat ready. And if things weren't combat ready, I had to get on the phone and say, hey, what's going on with that Humvee or something? Mm-hmm. And so that was my responsibility. And I would expect that there were not many women back then. Right. Back cool. then there were only 5% women. Now I think there's more. There might be 13%, but there was only Still. five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was, what was that like? Well, I liked it. I was around a lot of guys. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my mission was to find a husband. And if I couldn't well. find a husband, then I was going to have a baby. And so, yeah. Yeah. I was having a great time. <laughs> I have a question non-related. Am I saying too much? Uh, have I... Have there I, is no, no such thing as too much. Okay, Everyone has their own, you know, like definition no, of too much. Uh, no, no, I have no <laughs> limits, uh, apparently. Well, I mean, if you're ready to share it, why <laughs> not ahead. do that? I have a, a question which is not related to your experience much, but what is, is there any sort of a nickname for people who are in the Marine? Yeah, you mean women? No, 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 in general. Oh, like jarheads, leathernecks, um... Yeah. The reason why I ask is that in in Russia, I know that there is this collocation, uh, which is in Russian, it's Marskia Kotiki. So basically like marine cats. Oh, or no, rather like, no, I would, no, I would say seals. Seals? All oh, oh, the seals. Yeah, because they're like... I usually picture it like a cat. Oh, no, not a cat, but <laughs> oh, that's seals. True. Oh, we were devil dogs. We weren't devil seals. Dogs. Devil dogs. Because- seal is too cute <laughs> for us. <laughs> yes, yes. Devil dogs and leather neck and all those... Um, names are associated with history of how how marines had approached a battle they came out of a, in world war 1 out of the forest german forest like devil dogs so they're called devil dogs leatherneck is wearing uh, has something to do with our um uniform having to wear leather so in case someone sliced us there would be leather in the oh, olden days way back when my yeah God, i'm Jarhead. <laughs> jarhead is, I guess, because they shave their heads, you know, mm-hmm, their, their mm-hmm. heads are like a jar or they're stupid. I don't know which one. <laughs> wow. Really, over the course of us having, you know, the podcasts and everything, I have 
you never cease to amaze me, really. Oh, I'm going to well, repeat that you. all the time. <laughs> I've never heard about Iran or Japan. I do remember you once mentioned being in a Marine Corps. And at that moment, I was like, what? Oh, Fantastic. So wait, and Marsha, what about you? What would you say was mm-hmm. your decision that kind of changed your whole life? Mm, probably not decisions, but things uh, that are major changes were like probably having a baby. Uh, because it changes you as a person, I guess. As I'm not talking about like life routines and everything, but I mean, like I became more tolerant, I became more patient, I became more, well, I became a slightly better version of, of myself. And then I guess moving to Novosibirsk, <clears throat> moving from Novokuznetsk to Novosibirsk, because if it hadn't been for this thing, I wouldn't have started to work at Big Apple School, for example. That, that's kind of it. Well, I guess there are some other things, but I probably wouldn't wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I sometimes think about, you know, when, while I was preparing for the podcast, I thought, what would be my decision? I realized that there's only one major decision that stands out, the biggest one. It's not, you know, applying for university or anything like that, but that was applying for Fulbright. Because... Um, when I was applying, I had never thought about it before. You know, it was my professor who's like, have you ever considered applying for Fulbright? I'm like, the full full what? I had never heard about that. And so she told me about that. And I applied, you know, just out of curiosity. Okay, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Not big deal. And then I got it. Yeah, that's impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, after, you know, like after three stages of this application process, I got an email that, hey, you have been selected. And I was like, what? Wait, what? Oops, sorry. See how emotional I am. Like me, selected. And just so you understand, I had no knowledge of the US until back then. Like I knew the capital. I knew that, okay, there were 50 states. And then I got my letter about uh, Brandeis University in Massachusetts. I had to Google like, okay, Massachusetts, what part of the US is that? Okay, I had to read about that. And then I th- now I think about it how it drastically changed my whole life. Like all this chain of events. So experiencing a new culture, new mentality, actually leaving to live in another country. Until then, I've only moved to another region. That was huge. So meeting people. And I think that kind of sparked my interest in pursuing, you know, further education. So now I'm like, I want to apply for university. I want to get full education, like a master's degree in another country to see how different that is. So, yeah, and just seeing this whole new universe just changed myself, changed me as a person as much. Like, You see, that's great because you get to see a different perspective because when I was in the Philippines, it was like just the Filipino mentality. I was just in a bubble. But when I got out of my country, oh, okay, we have this other side of the world. They think differently. And now that's why every time people ask me, so how are you? How's your being a Filipino? And I always tell them, well, I'm... I'm not from the Philippines. I'm a citizen of the world. <laughs> that kind of feels like it, you know, when you start, when you move to another country, you know. Right. So you see how, okay, I'm trying to find correct, how different your nation is or people right. in your country are sometimes. Yeah, that's, and I understand that if that hadn't been for Fulbright, I would never have gone to the US because I'm from, I'm from a poor family. I wouldn't have even, you know, made enough money or saved enough money to fly there because that's expensive. But this grant, you know, since it's a fully funded grant, they paid for everything, the visa for the flight, for 
you know, the housing, the food, everything. Wow. So I am so grateful for them. If, if it wasn't for them, I would never have done that. And then I got a new contract. Thanks for Fulbright, you know, new people. If anyone ever told me I would be friends with professors from MIT, I would be like, no, <laughs> you're joking. Yeah, here I am over here. So, and if we talk about changes and, you know, new things, on a scale like of one to 10, how afraid are you to try new things? And it's not only something major, but even like something on a daily basis, let's say. Like a new flavor of coffee. For example, let's start small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as simple as that. Why not? Um, well, sometimes, sometimes I'm quite adventurous to do that, <laughs> to try a new type of coffee. <laughs> but, um, well, I like new things, but uh, if I don't start to overthink, which I usually tend to do, if I don't think and just decide, then it's cool, then it is easy, and then I'm grateful that I uh, have done this. But if I start to think, then rethink, then overthink, then I can never just start changing something which means that i just don't need to think don't let me think <laughs> <laughs> so can varia well uh, in my case so long as it doesn't endanger my health or well my life i, I go for it although to be honest with you i'm that kind of person who i, I try to s go in one lane like um this is my system i'm going to go with it and sometimes You know, I fall into the trap of just not trying to do other things. Like, because I feel so comfortable in it. Like, comfort zone, right? Well, people in general tend to be prisoners of habits. You know, uh, we are we, very yeah, often creatures, creatures, creatures right. of habits. Creatures yeah, of yeah. habits. We are, yeah, yeah. definitely. And so, um, from time to time, I, I try to challenge myself. Like, are, are you always going to be doing the same thing? Isn't that boring? Maybe you want to open your mind a little bit into something different. Uh, of course, there's a little bit of fear because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you never know until you try it. And then once you try it, well, in my case, oh, okay, I can do it. It's doable. <laughs> oh, great. And then I feel good because I've proven to myself that it's, you know, doable. I can do it and I can also have fun doing it. But of course, uh, initially, there are some concerns like, is it going to work? Is it for me? Um, I'm sorry, for, uh, we're supposed to be talking about small things, but I'm already no, thinking no, no. of, you it's, know, it's talking about big things. It's anything from a very little thing yeah, to a huge yeah. thing, yeah. Good. Normally, that's how I think. Like, and whenever a new opportunity comes in, I try to think it over and over and then finally I make a decision. But it takes some time. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, like sorry. that. I'm a, a creature of habit as well. Um, but my inner change, that 100%, I've changed so much. I continue to change. And that inner interior change is really important. And that's what's really important to me, that I can be different and grow and not be the same old horrible self. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a scaredy cat. Oh, yeah, Try new coffee. Oh, you know, what's that? Yeah. For I, two I, years yeah. and join the Marine Corps. Easy. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Sometimes uh, uh, major changes are easier to make than some minor changes. I don't know how it works, yeah, uh, yeah. but maybe we just find it comforting to, um, well, to be settled down with the, these routines. And for example, I can maybe move to another part of the world, but with the same coffee type for example <laughs> so it's 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 gonna be like something that will 
keep you sane, maybe. Yep. You know, like I have changed everything around me, but I still have my routine that, you know, help me keep my mm-hmm. sanity. That's actually, you know, a good a good idea. I think this is how we, su- well, not the survive. Oh, we accommodate or something. Yeah. If we think about, you know, let's say the pandemic, it was a huge change for everyone, you know, very well, for a lot of us, the whole life kind of changed. But we still had those routines, those mm-hmm. little things. Yeah, that's what psychologists actually recommended. Like to find the routines? Yeah, when the pandemic started, I read yeah, a couple of articles and yeah. Stick to your routines. Well, do that's... some meditation. I don't know. I, I don't do meditation, but okay. Yeah, that's hard to stick to your routine when you move to a foreign country. That was part of the problem. I couldn't have what I, I wanted and I needed. Mm-hmm. And so that, then you lose part, you lose some freedom. You lose part of your identity. And that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of find a new... But you can well, maybe you can. have a there, new identity. Cer- yeah, but there's some th- things that are just, just innately you and that mm-hmm. you have to do well. and you need time to do. And that has been the hardest thing, that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't get those things. Mm-hmm. I kind of listened to your stories and I've realized how much of a coward I am. Like, I mean, the US, yes, it was a huge change. I still have no idea how I did that. But again, if it hadn't been for Fulbright, I wouldn't be doing any of that. But I am so, I'm not only like a creature of habit, I very often think that I'm a prisoner of my habits because, you know, even if, when it comes to, let's say, little changes in, in an apartment, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm used to this setting, you know, to my workspace and everything. Everything stands on the same place. I know where it is. I don't want to move anything. Or let's say, you know, trying something new. Let's say with food, easy. That's absolutely easy. Like trying everything new, not a problem. Changing the things around me, let's say skin, changing the skincare. But I'm used to my old skincare. Like, why? We are afraid of changes because we don't have this uh, type of neuron connections in the brain. Yeah. And once this new neuron connection uh, is established, then it becomes easier and easier and easier. So it's just Fair it's enough, hard yeah. to step over it. Well, that's the, the neuroplasticity. Yeah, we have to develop that. And then the brain gets adjusted. That's true. That's true. And tell me, is there anything you have kind of been contemplating for a while or thinking about doing, but still haven't found the guts to do? Like still thinking maybe? Sure. Lots of things. I wouldn't tell, but trust me, a lot of things. Yeah. There's one, but but it's very simple. Okay. It's ice skating because I've been in countries where there's winter and snow, but I've never done any kind of winter sport or activity. Like what kind of a loser are you? (laughs) I always ask myself, like uh, you were in Kazakhstan for five years, Russia four years. And And in Kazakhstan, they have this uh, mountain ice rink. Shimbulak and they have Medeo. Right. What? Um, Really, but I've never Find the tried. mountains. They have this beautiful uh, ice skating rink. Yeah, but never been there. And I don't think I will go back to Kazakhstan just for that. No <laughs> well, thanks. you're going to another Slavic country that also has winters. I know, right? Well, not, as, <laughs> not as harsh as here, I believe. Yeah, like, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're moving to a milder. Yes. Book some place on an ice rink just you uh, see, the when thing you is, arrive. Okay, there are two things that uh, prevent me from doing it. Firstly, um, I'm not that big of a risk taker. I'm afraid that I might fall. I might break my back, whatever. 
That's the first thing. The second thing is people looking at me, falling, and secretly laughing at me. <laughs> really, that's yeah, that's my fear. <laughs> I would never go to an ice skating like to skating rink alone because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fall and everything. I've been to an to a skating rink I like four times in my life. So and how okay. is it? You're not a, well stressful, but kind of fun. <laughs> Oh. But at the same time, after that, like, do I want to repeat that? Uh, you know, maybe like in a month, two months, a year, you know. So, so it's well, not for everyone. I promise that you'll go with someone because oh, I had yeah, this so wonderful cool. fantasy of looking beautiful on the ice. Nothing special, but just doing ballet arms. And then I did slip and fell and I did break my wrist. Into, you see? Yes. Not helping right now. Yes. Thank oh. you for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will no. never do it. No, someone <laughs> someone came up to me and was very helpful and helped me. So no one would laugh at you. So number two is okay. No one's going to laugh if you fall. But the first one, you might. So just go with someone who who's very strong and you know what? I remember once I was in a skating ring that didn't have any sort of like a handrail, which was yeah. stressful enough. Oh my God. But you know how I enjoyed it? There was a little kid. She was like five years old. She just grabbed me by the hand and she was just like, you know, moving me around. I'm like, how are you so good at this? Kids are not afraid of anything. Yes. They're so eager to teach you. They will also oh. laugh at you, but be prepared for that because they are merciless. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. What about the ice that's that's bumpy around the edge? Because I tried to see around the edge and that's bumpy, bumpy. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. But yeah, so skating. Then. Go with two people, one on both sides, and that will be fine. Okay. Well, we'll I need some We'll be waiting for the photos, you know, <laughs> on your Instagram page. Yes. For sure, with me falling, why not? <laughs> well, you can do that, you know, gracefully. You fall down, you make pose, you know. Like, <laughs> well, that was intentional. That would be fun. <laughs> what about baby steps? First time you can just uh, put on your uh, skates, stand on the ice for a minute, take a photo, then... To be honest home. with you, uh, I've thought about that only for the sake of a photo. That... You know, uh, I have a photo and that's it. And hashtag then, Instagram live. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm done. No judgment. <laughs> that's funny because I took a bunch of photos of me in my ice skates, in my ballet leotard, in my little dance studio. Wow. Thinking, Look at me. I've got ice skates on. Of course, I wasn't on the ice, but I got pictures. <laughs> Aww. So, Fadia, what about you? How, is there anything you've been thinking about um, for a while now? Well, I've wanted for a long time to learn how to play the violin. And I probably have no talent at all. I probably would be so horrible, but I'd like to try. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, find the right teacher and, you know, as long as you're enjoying yourself, nothing else matters. It reminds me, like, I was thinking, or I have been thinking of uh, continuing to study for another foreign language uh, apart Ooh. from English. I mean, I used to study German when I was at university. I used to study French when I was at school, but... I'm probably not able to speak any of those two. Uh, I, I sometimes start to think, I need to continue. I just don't know why, but... Do you have any language in mind or do you want to stick to French or German? Yeah, I guess French or German because I just don't want uh, that experience to be in vain. Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't right. it didn't lead to anywhere. Mm, so. Oh, but that's a good thing though, yeah. Again, you know, we can look at it this way. Learning another language... Yeah, for, the, for the sake of yeah. being a better teacher of English also, because uh, sometimes we teachers need to be students also. Oh, yeah, it helps us sure. to be better teachers because it helps us to be maybe more 
sympathetic to our students <laughs> and <laughs> to understand what they Absolutely. actually experience. Right. Absolutely. Well, again, you've mentioned the neuroplasticity. That is uh, one of the effects, you know, of learning a new language. You keep your brain young, you know, yeah. you learn something new. Mm-hmm. But speaking of language, that's actually a good point because I've been taking Spanish classes for the last half a year. And oh my God, you know, I now understand my elementary students. I'm like, I know what you're going through. Like, oh no, I can't do this and that. I understand you. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, because brain really hurts. Yeah, yeah and you, you know, you feel yeah. it. And if they're like, oh, you know, the past tense, I'm like, trust me, I understand you. But just be grateful that in English you only have like one form, like go, went, do, did. In Spanish, they conjugate. Like I, past form is one thing. We, different. You, one person, different. You as a plural, different. And I'm like, why? You're talking about the Russian language as well. It's the well, same but in thing. The, but in the past, we only have two forms. Let's say... Uh, We have the word to do, делать. In the past, it's делал, делала. Okay, делали. Like, but all those prefixes, whether the it's prefixes, perfected yeah. and imperfect. Prefixes, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is a hard thing. Yeah, that's true. All righty. I've been contemplating the language. Well, I had been contemplating learning another language until New Year. And then in January, I'm like, you know what? I want something that is not studying for work and, you know, nothing like that. So I picked the Spanish And now there is only one, well, is that like professional, <laughs> what is it? Deformation. Deformation or something. Because I sometimes look at our classes. I'm like, I know how to make them better from the point of like, you know, my, my teacher. And I'm like, mm. don't say anything, Katya. Keep Just your let mouth it shut. Go. Enjoy the process. You're a student here. Don't say anything. So I've kept my mouth shut. Oh. This is also useful because it develops you as a person. Yeah, yeah, the ability to actually not say a thing, you know, but yeah. I've also been contemplating moving to another country. It's still, you know, like up in the air, but I've been thinking about Argentina a lot. Oh, oh. the Argentine tango. <laughs> the tango, the wine. Oh, yes. You know, the flora, fauna, all of that. So instead of like, you know, pigeons, they have the... Uh, The sparrow, no, it's the parrots. Macaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. Macaws. That's the, yeah. And you could wear gaucho pants. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So, and I've been just thinking, if it wasn't for the ticket price, which is now like $3,000 one way per person, I think I want wow. Yeah, that's that's wow. what's stopping me. So, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta save money for a couple of years for that. But yeah, but I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the way it sounds. So... Tell me, one one last question for today. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But do you have any regrets about any of your decisions or something you would have done differently? Um, well, in general, just to be clear, um, I don't regret anything in my life because I'm not that kind of person, you know, to dwell uh, in the past. Um, sure, there are things that I w- would have liked to be done differently. But then again, I always tell myself, but that made you, you the person that you are today. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I want to cry over spilled, uh, I mean, spilled milk and, you know, be sorrowful about it, but that's life. I mean, we grow. Um, Life doesn't come in just, you know, one form. There's always the ups and the downs, sometimes somewhere in the middle, but that's just life. And you, you will always learn something. And hopefully, you know, whatever you learn, 
it will stick with you such that you no longer do the same kind of mistakes because otherwise you're going to be stupid if you know you do the same mistakes especially if it's again and again so fair enough i would agree with Ken. yeah all mistakes uh, make us a better version of ourselves so it yeah, what if, doesn't if it, kill yeah. what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. What doesn't kill us will most likely try again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I stand by my decisions. I'm very happy with all my decisions, but I do regret. Yeah, things. I will dwell in the past. I definitely am a dweller. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. Wow. It's horrible. Um, but yeah, I will think. Oh, why? Why wasn't I? Why didn't I do that better? Well, I I couldn't. I it was in inca- I was incapable of doing that better. Mm-hmm. So I recognize it once I come out of that. But it is what it is. Yeah, it is exactly. Fair oh, oh well, so what? I tried. Fair enough. Fair enough. I only have one little regret in life. When I was in the U.S., I didn't take. I didn't study really well. So you know, I got like a couple of C's and everything, and I'm like, I should have studied better. I should have chosen different subjects, and I should have gotten that. Well, at least a B. You know, I'm not a perfectionist and so not an A plus or anything, but at least a B. But I didn't. So I audited most of my, my courses. I'm like, I should have credited them and worked harder. But well, again, as you said, we are who we are. So kind of a, you know, it happened. Yeah, I also sometimes regret not studying better at university, for example. Not studying German better or, yeah. But yeah, well... We can study now. Well, I I have to say that um, I don't have that regret because I went to college later in life. So I already knew that you had to really put in something. (laughs) That's that's really a good point. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. really is. Yeah. Because I just sometimes uh, think that uh, if I didn't do it that time, it means that uh, I wasn't ready or I couldn't. Now, the present me can, but the past me just could not. I sometimes think about my you know, college years, because I got accepted into college when I was 16, just turned 16. And then we had, you know, philosophy class. I mean, come on, I was 17 when we had philosophy. Of course, I wasn't interested in that. Now I think, oh Uh, my God, I would like to have like some of those classes again when I'm like 29. So, but we can't. So it is what it is. Well, thank you so much. It was so fun to talk about this. And so I was so happy to see Ken one last time, you know, before your big adventure. And we actually have one more, well, maybe piece of news or, you know, to tell you listeners about. If you do not know, in our VK group, in our VK community, we actually now have an opportunity, you have an opportunity to become what is called a donor and to donate. And in this case, you'll have some premium, you know, materials, some extra things that you won't see otherwise. So if you're intrigued, go and check this out. That would include a special chat with us, the hosts and the guests, where you can discuss, you know, the topic of the podcast live. So if you're not intrigued, come on, check this out. (laughs) Chat with us. So and... Apart from that, I hope you remember that we have a lot of other social media, such as we have YouTube, we have Instagram page, and of course, we have our wonderful website where you can find anything you want. Podcasts, videos, articles, you name it. So make sure to check this out as well. So that was Katja. And again, my guests were... Ken. And Maria. Maria. See you around. <laughs>